In this episode of Great Practices, I'm talking with Tim Sweet, founder and principal of Teamwork Excellence. Tim is a leadership advisor with over 25 years of experience in operations management, process improvement, business process reengineering, and risk reduction. Listen into this episode as Tim talks about the importance of alignment, walks us through his six-point framework for team effectiveness, and shares insights into how to keep your team on the same page. Plus, you'll find out why you don't want to be just a baton tosser when it comes to project work and learn a new word for risk. Spoiler alert, the word is fear, which is exactly how we should feel unless we have a good plan in place, which Tim can help us to do. It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode. Just a quick show note before we get started. Uh, Tim is going to be making reference to a six-point framework that is extremely helpful. It's the TWE six-point framework for team effectiveness. Uh, What I recommend is if you're in a position to, go ahead and download that before you start and you can follow along at home. Um, You can find this framework at twe.team forward slash six point, and then you spell out six point, S-I-X-P-O-I-N-T. So that's twe.team forward slash six point. And uh, you can download this and follow along while he talks about this during our conversation. Well, we'd like to welcome you to this episode of Great Practices. And, you know, the purpose of a PMO is to deliver value to the business. It's the, it's the execution and implementation arm of a company that helps operationalize executive strategy. Now, there's two ways uh, to delivering this value. You can take the scenic route, which takes a long time to get where you're going, maybe off the beaten path a bit, and the ride may be a little bit bumpy. Or you can take the express route, which is a nicely paved interstate highway that gets you from point A to point B as quickly and smoothly as possible. Now, if you're on a road trip and you want to see the sights and sounds that the scenic route has to offer, go for it. But that's not the way it works in business. Business leaders want to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. And this means making sure that processes and procedures are well thought out and optimized. And that's what we're going to be talking today with our guest, Tim Sweet. Now, Tim is the founder and principal of Teamwork Excellence. He's a leadership advisor focuses on building teams, increasing trust, and accelerating leadership careers. So, Tim, we are very excited on having you on Great Practices today and looking forward to this conversation. Chris, it's an absolute joy to be here, and I want to thank you for the introduction and um, and for the invitation. And I'm Absolutely. excited to see what we can get, get into. Absolutely. So let's let's talk a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Let's start there. Sure. Well, um, I've been in leadership in one form or another uh, for a little over 25 years now. And um, my background is actually in operational management and operations management and um, and I've always specialized in process improvement, uh, business process reengineering, 
um, risk reduction, these types of things. Um, and as you say, when you're, when you're running one of those projects, yep. uh, the, the business is very concerned about initiating the project, um, going through that ideation phase, getting into execution and seeing it done and seeing the bottom line results begin to show up. And what I found early on in my career was that that line was straighter uh, if we could have the leader and the team on board. Yeah. Uh, I could design great, very ele- elegant processes, but if I didn't have the people behind me, uh, it took a long time. Sometimes it wouldn't happen at all. So yeah. my focus uh, has been for the last decade or so, um, primarily on getting that alignment between leader and team. So you were saying many of those words that are just very music to our ears, you know, as PMO leaders, you know, as far as alignment and getting people, you know, just kind of marching down that same path, right. In order to get, in order to get these results done. Now this, this next question, we ask this of every guest and maybe sometimes it's obvious, sometimes it's not, but everybody has a little bit of a different perspective. What is your definition of a PMO? Uh, well, for me, and having been called one, I guess in the past, <laughs> yeah. um, it really was is the the tactical hub through which uh, change and and effort flows. Uh, it is the uh, if if there is an interface between body and mind uh, as a metaphor, that's the PMO in my mind. It's it's how do we turn intent into action? and make sure that it's happening in a way that's well-coordinated so the, the brain just doesn't tell the legs to walk, but they've got to walk, you know, left, right, left, right, and at the same speed and the rest of it. And so, you know, the PMO to me is, is very much that interchange that helps us realize ideas. I love it. And you, you would you say turn intent into action, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. is, that is a very, very well said uh, as far as really what that, what that PMO does. PMOs, we're always looking to make things better, faster, smoother. Um, what are some of those steps that you would go through to conduct uh, a process improvement or transformation initiative within an organization? What would that look like? You know, just kind of based on your 25 plus years of experience, how would you do that? Well, that's a great question. I think the the very first priority that I have is understanding uh, what value is each stakeholder and contributor to the the project seeing within the effort of the whole? Um, it's important that we understand, do they attach importance to it in the same way that we do? And And usually this needs to take place at some sort of a collaborative meeting where we get people together and we, we actually just take a little bit of time and, and talk about it. You know, what what is at stake here if we all behave uh in a way that no one expects if 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 it's out of control and people are behaving erratically you know what is the cost going to be and the inverse of that is the same if we all behave in a way that we we see as as professional and collaborative what is on the table and that's where we get this notion of you know better faster smoother um if we are seeing to the needs of the project and at the same time seeing to the needs of all of the individuals that are involved, we can have a very, very smooth ride because they're in it for a reason that's much larger 
than some uh, project mandate. It now becomes something that's important to their career, something that's important to their team, something that's important to their future. So alignment, I think, is number one for me. And, you know, just kind of going back to the, 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 the road trip example, you want to figure out where you're going before everybody piles into the car mm-hmm. you know? yeah, versus piling into the car and then somebody saying, I thought we were going here. I thought we were going there, you know, and then what does that end up looking like? You know? So, I mean, that is a really good point is make sure you know where you're going before you, before you take off. Right. Well, and, and to the listener, I would say, um, it is a real good point. It's surprising how many teams begin to storm a problem before they actually form a norm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but I would, ca- I would add one caution and that is just because we talked about it didn't mean we talked about it. Hmm. And one of the, the biggest errors that we can make is to assume that we, we, we discussed something. So we sat in a room and we put it up on the board and we, we, uh, did the kickoff and we get everybody aligned. All right. But did we talk about the things that we needed to talk about? Did we tease out those areas that were really going to present potential conflict and delay and tension, uh, you know, in the future? And did we get past those things? Uh, I spent a lot of time, spend a lot of time uh, working on mega projects and often we'll have competitors in the same room uh, that are working towards the same goal. Well, if we don't have them aligned, so that they see the benefit in helping each other out and in that collaborative contract type model, um, we can spin a lot of wheels, <laughs> right? So, And I think that's the point too, is not only did you have the conversations, but did you document it, you know, mm-hmm. because, yep. you know, man, I tell you what, we've all seen it, you know, where the, it will flip from this meeting to this meeting to this meeting to this meeting and, you know, 180 degrees. How do we even get there? You know, so, I mean, did we document what that, what that looks like? So great point. For my clients, what that can actually look like is we have a project charter and then we have a separate team charter. And in that team charter, we actually have, you know, a a code of conduct and uh, basically rules of engagement um, so that people know how they're going to handle conflict. Yes. Yeah. But also what are the general behaviors that we're going to agree on? And when we do that, we can start from a position of unearned trust. And that means that we don't have to, uh, wonder if a person is on our team or not. They've already declared that they are and yeah. we can go from there. Now you've got a tool, um, that you had showed me something along the lines of a six point framework, something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. You want to kind of talk through how that could help with what you're talking about when it relates to alignment, because that's effectively, you know, that's like the most important thing that you're saying we got to get right before we get going. So how, how could this tool help with that? Sure. Uh, this is a simplification and it's a, and it's a, a more simplified deployment of something we have that's called the three P, okay. um, which is a, a much more uh, comprehensive program that we use, especially for not just projects, but for ongoing operations. But in this case, what the six point framework is meant to do is that if we have multiple teams that are coming together to, um, contribute to something, or if we want to do say one level up one of these frameworks for the entire team, we can use, uh, 
an A4 logic in a simplified format to really get everybody on the same page. And what the six point framework does is it seeks to answer those questions of, you know, who we are, what do we do? What do we care about? Who's going to be doing what, when, how are we going to agree to behave and why are we the right team for the job? Right. Um, and this is fundamental to a lot of the programs that I do, whether I'm setting, setting organizational or cultural strategy, whether I'm helping a team figure out what they're doing, or in this case, whether I'm helping a, uh, project get on the ground and, um, hoeing the row <laughs> for the project team so that they can come in and have an easier time of things, um, where they don't have to handle some of the soft interpersonal issues and we've got everybody aligned before they begin work. The six point framework, um, I really break it up into six key areas, as it says. Um, the first one really defines, well, why are we here? Yep. So, in support of something, which would usually be a larger value or strategic statement, we're going to be, we're going to be accomplishing something. So this is framing, you know, in order to uphold these things, we're going to go and we're going to do something. Then we say, who's it going to impact and we'll complete it by when. Now that's all very standard sort of statements that you'd find in, in most charters. Um, but the next thing that comes up is a little bit. Uh, special and that is we target a soundbite for the end user or for say a project partner. When we're finished, our customer or our partners are going to be able to say with truth something. And then our team is going to gather around and say, what do we want them to be able to say with truth? And we create that soundbite. Now all of a sudden we've humanized the effort and said, how are we going to actually show up in the mind of the people that are going to digest the value that we're creating in this product and this project. And the reason that's important is because we're talking about internal brand. Often projects are sold using a lot of fancy language. They write it into the charter and it all sounds great on paper. And that's the brand that they want to uphold. And if we look at most change management practices, it's about selling that, that brand or that idea. But all of that goes out the window. The minute that somebody has to digest or interface with our product or pardon me, interface with our project team or digest the value of the, the completed, um, uh, outcome. And if they experience something else, well, guess what? All of the words go out the window and the experience becomes prime. Is that, is that what you're saying? You're saying, saying this with truth. Is that what you're talking about? Like they, yeah. it's, it's believable to them, right? I mean, it's not just the, it's just not the, the mission statement or whatever you see on the walls when you walk yeah. into a company, but it's actually, this is real, right? That, that's right. And so, you know, for instance, um, if we can get a little personal here, mm-hmm. uh, let's say that for your podcast that, you know, your, your goal is going to be, I want to have an informative podcast where my, my guests feel welcomed and they feel well prepared and, and the rest of it. You can put all that down on a sheet of paper and oh, by the way, you did a great job. So I was going to say, I was, I was right. going to ask that, but, it, <laughs> but it, but what ends up mattering is how does your guest feel? Yeah. So, 
I feel very well supported. And I feel like Chris had my best interests in mind. And I bet I felt like he, you know, validated me to his audience and made me feel like a million bucks or whatever that is. Yeah. That's your brand. And, and so if I can, if I say those things, you know, genuinely and from the heart, right? Like it's, I don't have to be manipulated to say it that way. That's what I mean by with truth is that it's logical to me. It's authentic to me and that I'm feeling a measure of empathy from you. I, I know why I'm here and I know why I'm engaged. Yeah. Right. So if you can, if you can pull that over into the, into the project teams, project space, think yeah. about how powerful that is. Totally. Right? And at all stages of the project, uh, life cycle. That's right. You know, so if we're talking about, we're in the middle of discovery or we're in the middle of the chartering process, even just when we get down it, to it, we're going to have this meeting so that we can come together as a group of providers and really all understand the charter. All right, well, that's kind of the brand of the meeting and the intent of the PM. Right. Well, isn't it better to think in terms that he, wants, he or she wants to hear people leaving? They want to hear people leaving the room going, wow, that was not a waste of time. That was, you know, that was the best hour I've spent on this project. I feel set up. Now, I mean, it sounds a little cute, Right. But we want that to ring true in the person so that they go back to their desk and the next time we call, they know we're there for them and they're going to give us all sorts of time. Yeah. Right. You are really, I mean, it, it is coming down to marketing the PMO is what it yeah, is. Because, I mean, you yeah, know, marketing is delivery on a promise. You know, you promise you're going to do this thing and it was actually, it was actually sure. delivered. We can think of it as like reputational management almost, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's a good way of looking at it. All right. So what's what's next on this six-point framework then? So we've kind of got the, the basis sure. of it. We're speaking in truth now. What's next? Yeah. So that's where we sort of, we've set our intent and our brand. Then the next thing is we can start to get a little chunky. We can say um, the very, very basic, but we're going to say what is today will yeah. become something tomorrow. And this is really what is the disruption or the transformation that we want to take place. Um, something that exists today, perhaps there's no CRM. And tomorrow, after, or at the end of the project, we are going to have a, a CRM that's been adopted by the sales team and they're going to be using it appropriately and they're all, and they're going to be uh, trained up. Right. Um, it's whatever that statement of transformation is. It's important to recognize where are we today and where will we be when we're done? So if we think of this in terms of a map that we lay out in front of us, uh, we know our position on that map and we know the destination we're heading towards. Now we haven't dealt with how we're going to orient around that and go around mountains and rivers, etc. Yeah. But we know the beginning and the end and everybody understands that. Yeah. And remember we can lay this out for the project, but if you step one level down, you can also have contributors lay this out and it might look a little differently. You know, I'm going to start not understanding uh, what a CRM is. And by the end of contributing to this project, my team is going to have experience having deployed a CRM uh, system or something. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's your destination is where, sure. it's where you're going. You know, again, the, you got the right people in the car and now you've chosen where you're going. So, so what's next? So uh, that was the, what is to be, what's, uh, what's the next step? 
Yeah. And then we can talk about specific actions that we're going to take together. So we're going to, um, say one of the actions is to go out and socialize the, the, um, uh, aims of the, of the charter of the project. And then we're going to say, this is what we're going to do. And then I want you to tell me why it's going to make sense, why it makes sense. And this is like a micro business case. So we're going to go out and we're going to take time to circle the vice presidents and tell them about the project. It makes sense because if we have their support, um, we, we can have an easier time getting into the room with our stakeholders. Um, if we don't have their support, we know we've got some room to do. So it's going to help us avoid conflict further on and secure funding or something along those lines. Right. So tell, let's really get down to what are the key actions that we're going to be uh, working on and, uh, what we're going to be expending our effort and why does it make sense? Now this doesn't replace the project plan. Yeah. This is more about saying, does everybody understand some of the primary things we're going to be doing together? And do we all understand why it makes sense? And this is why this is more of an alignment exercise to the why rather than the what is going to be done. And, and I love that question, why this makes sense, because even what that will do is validate as you're putting this plan together, does this actually make sense? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just arbitrarily think you've got to do something, you know? Yes. Yeah, but it's absolutely. like, just challenge yourself as you're putting together about why it makes sense. And then that's also really, you know, showing respect for your team of just don't do it because I said to do it, but this is why the, the reason that we're doing it. Too often we end up in this kind of baton pass, you know, pass the baton or, or throw it over the wall. Right. Uh, siloed type behavior. And, um, it's important for us to line the intent, uh, align the intent of the, the project up and down the value chain, up and down the cascade of, of leaders all the way down to the front front line. Yeah. If a person who's a contributor, um, perhaps not a leader, but just a technical expert or somebody that's going and doing part of the work, if they're given a, uh, a spec that says, okay, you've got to, you've got to go out and perform this task. They can go and they can do that, but they'll be doing it mechanistically. They'll be doing it from a purely transactional perspective of saying, okay, I'm told to go do A and B. I go and I do A and B. I remember working with a house building, um, organization and we had issues because we would have drywallers coming in. Their job was to drywall efficiently and the rest of it. And they would drywall over, a, over a wall and then we would realize, or the, the, the site super would realize that that wall needed to be a wet wall or needed electrics. So we had to take down the drywall, maybe the paint, um, wire the wall and then hang it back up and go again at extra time and cost and, and the rest of it. And that's a very simplistic example. But if the drywaller had been aware of what stage of work we were in, they were well coordinated. They understood that, um, they would be hired back if, if the, the project didn't go over budget and was on time. Um, they can see the reason why it's important to keep your head on a swivel and understand the, the overall aim was to deliver, you know, a comfortable, safe two spec house on, on time for the, for the, the customer. They were part of the larger value chain, part of the larger delivery. Yeah. If everybody can think that way, um, suddenly again, things become very easy and they become very collaborative, right? 
So now we've got, you know, what we're going to do, why it makes sense. Where do we yeah. go next? The next one is very, very simple. And that is just, you know, um, laying out what some of the big milestones are. Um, now this, again, it doesn't replace the Gantt chart, but it just sort of replaces the, Hey, what are some of the big events that are going to be happening? Do we all know they're coming? Uh, it may be things that actually exist as just, they look like they hold the same priority on a Gantt chart, but they yeah. are, they are important things to have happen. Um, this is more useful for the sub teams, frankly, because it's, it, it can be used to say, highlight where there's an event or a meeting or something that's happening that may be out of the purview of that team. And it may be decided that we need to drop one of our team members into, into a, a review session or something just to make sure that we are ahead of the game and that we can see something coming. So it's really, you know, I, I use that as a tool, um, to keep people syncopated and saying, you know, we're expecting these good things to be happening. We're taking a moment to realize them. We're anticipating when they're going to happen. We're making sure we're prepared for when we're going to contribute next. It really just helps with this kind of rhythm and pace that, that we can, that we can install in a, in a team. You want to have this sense of moving forward together and again, being timed together so that we don't have one trying to push forward and the other one is, is having problems and, and going back, you know, what are the frequency of meetings? What's the cadence, you know, what, what's the tone and the, and the, and the urgency within the team. And does everybody feel that? Right. And, and I would anticipate, or I would expect this, this would be like the bigger rocks that are cross-functional as well. Right. I mean, that's what you're yes. kind of saying. This is like, yeah. you know, this major piece has to come from this group over here. This major mm -hmm. piece has to come from this group over here, you know, and that's really what's going to be reflected in here is mm -hmm. these bigger, these bigger items. Right. 100%. Yeah. And, um, just maybe I'll stop on that moment because that, when we talk about deploying the six point framework, um, it's something to see when you're in the war room of a, of a, of an initiative yeah. and you put these up on the, the wall. And I would often create them not just for our contributing teams, but for our customer teams. And so we would actually go out and talk to the teams who were going to be enjoying or were going to be impacted by the change that we were making. And we would be able to hold in our mind what was most important to them. Um, they might put things up on that milestone uh, portion that had nothing to do with our product, our project. Yeah. Um, but they were important to them. And it was, frankly, it was going to impact their availability when we needed to talk to them or how uh, tapped their team was going to be. So isn't it something if you were the PM and even, you know, the various, um, collaborators within a project to just be aware of what you were doing to your customer when you went and you needed to ask them for something, you know, you had, you'd taken the time to figure out, well, the, these elements for, for the customer, who do they think they are? Like, who do they think they are? Yeah, what's important and to them. how are they trying to provide value and what is important for their customers to say and what's the big changes that they're, they're trying to bring into the world and what are their reasons for doing that? And suddenly if we can understand that we can anticipate and really get ahead of 
a whole bunch of issues that yeah. will follow. Um, and, and, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. So, so once we've, we've completed the picture for ourselves, we're just so much more knowledgeable and having run big initi- initiatives myself, I would never do it any other way now because I'm, it would be like this. We go out and we create whatever the project, um, charter says we need to, we need to deliver. Okay. So we've, we've now delivered that thing. And then we have to face the fact that we didn't fully understand our customer. They're somewhat, they were looking for something else, or maybe we were impacted. They didn't feel part of the project from the beginning. It was happening to them, not with them or for them. I would much rather enroll them early, early on. So, um, I, I think that's something that I didn't specify early enough in this conversation, but when we're doing this pre-socialization and alignment piece, it's not just the contributors to the product, to the project. It, it really also is the customers, the, the, the ultimate users, right? Yeah. We the, want to yeah, get the one that's that. uh, expecting the value to be delivered, right? And no, yeah, not it. just in the design. We're pretty good. Projects are really good at doing that in the design phase. Yeah. Um, but we have to also realize what's their life like as we're going through the, the transformational phase through the project delivery phase. Right. And then I noticed you've got, of course, the obligatory main risks and mitigations, right? Yeah. That's got to have that. It, it, it is, it is obligatory, but, um, I like to not, we use the word risks, but what I would actually like to title this is fear <laughs> because this isn't just about project risks. Okay. We go over, we go over, uh, uh, time and, and we're going to get slapped or whatever. This re I like using this for what are we afraid of? We're afraid of, um, we're going to be seen as slowing the process down because we need to be thorough. Yeah. Right. What's the mitigation? Well, we need people to understand why we're being thorough and see us as, you know, an, um, a cost avoidance center rather than just a cost center. Right. So I really like using this section for getting into the emotional risks rather than simply the, the tactical risks. I, I love that term of main fears and mitigations because man, that is what it is. I mean, it is, what is, you know, you always hear, what is it that keeps you up at night? What is it that's in your pit of your stomach? Yeah. You know, that, that's the fear, you know, it's not just like, oh, there's a potential of this happening. Well, if this happens, man, this is impactful, you know, across yeah. the board. Right. And it could easily say, it could easily say fear. Maybe I'll change it by the time we're posting this for the listeners. But (laughs) but the reason why I don't use fear uh, is the same reason why um, I don't use love a lot until I, (laughs) until I get in with teams. No, it's not a joke. I mean, no, I mean, it's like you're, you're, it is the extremes of emotions, you know, it is. And, And when you, when you have a team that's worked together and they're working really well together, um, I'll ask them to explain how they feel about their, their teammates. And I'd be like, oh man, it's just a person that I really care about. And, and I really want them to be successful at work and at home. And I, and I really want them just to really find a lot of joy and fulfillment in life. And, and then what does that sound like? (laughs) And they're hesitant to say the word love, but they actually love their, their team. Um, so, I mean, it's really interesting because, you know, we have a, we have trouble talking about love in a team, but it was Vince Lombardi 
perhaps the most winningest coach in NFL history that said, you don't have to like all the players on your team, but you need to love them because love is where you find loyalty and you find respect and you find empathy. You know, it really is seeing it in the sense of that communal, that communal love where we're going to care about somebody. When our project cares for our clients, for our customers that we're benefiting, um, things go much smoother. When our customers and our supporters and the business care for our project, then it is at a whole different level and it goes really smooth because they want it. We're not pushing rope. Um, fear is the same thing. Fear is in, in our society, fear is a dirty word and, and people feel very, very exposed when we use it. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about people's personal fears. Cause if we're going to go there and ask them, why is this pro- why is this project personally important to you? Then we better be prepared to say, what are you risking being part of this project? If it goes well, or if it goes poorly. Yeah, absolutely. And if we can understand that, then guess what? We're not just talking about our teams being successful, but we're talking as leaders on these teams, having this conversation, framing this six point framework for our contributing body within the larger project. We can then have that conversation. How can I make you more successful? What can I do to make this the best project you've ever been on to date? Then that brings us really to our final block on here, right? Like what is that final block on this, on this framework? Yeah. So the final block is, you know, why will we succeed? Why are we the right team for this job? And this is a chance for the team and the leader to come together and really say, this is why we believe in ourselves. This is why we've got some, uh, anti-fragility on this team. Why we're not just able to, uh, um, go out and act competently, but we have a fundamental belief that we are the team to be deployed in this area. And that confidence goes a long way. Uh, and when other teams can see that they can believe in us too, because we've now gone through these six points and we've explained to them, why are we important to the overall effort? And if they understand that about us and we understand that about them, guess what? You know, you, you don't just have uh, a group of disassociated workflows. You've got a network and a team and a community that's trying to come together and accomplish something that's, that's really profound. Anti-fragility. I love it. Anti-fragility. Yeah. It comes, <laughs> uh, there, there's, uh, I learned that phrase, uh, and I know it's not his, although I can't, um, uh, bring it right up. Well, actually, maybe I can use this as a chance to just tell you a little something that came from a conversation I had with Richard Young and Richard Young is a PhD uh, researcher and coach that has been on the own the podium Olympic uh, teams for Canada, the UK and New Zealand. He still coaches uh, world-class organizations. So Richard and I have done a lot of work together. And if, if you'll allow me, I'll say that on uh, May 31st, uh, our full season, first eight episodes of our full, first full season are dropping on my own podcast, Sweet on Leadership. So it'll be a conversation episode eight with Richard Young, and you'll hear him explain anti-fragility and why it is far better than simple resilience. I love it. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, let's talk about where they can get this six point framework for team effectiveness. We'll sure. talk about that first. So if you could tell us where that is and then tell us where they could hear more about you. Cause you've got 
your podcast, you said that's coming up on. Yeah, it's brand new. Right. Okay. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about, first of all, if somebody's interested, cause you covered a lot of great points as you went through this conversation, but it's one page. It's all on one page. That's what I love about this. So where could they, where could they download this? Sure. So one of the tools that I'm happy to provide, um, leaders is this, is this framework. Go to my site, uh, twe.team slash six point, And that's all lowercase S I X P O I N T. Okay. And you'll be able to uh, download this right away with very little hassle. Okay. And we'll include that in the show notes and then talk about your podcast that will be dropping. Sure. Again. So, uh, I have a podcast and a newsletter of the same name and that's sweet on leadership because I'm really sweet on great leaders and great examples of leadership. Um, it is a podcast for leaders where they, they can go in and gain skills, confidence, insights. Um, I'm interviewing some real uh, awesome leadership personalities that you may never have heard of. And, um, um, just really pleased to bring it to you and we're having a lot of fun putting it together. Okay. So it's going to be sweet on leadership, right? Sweet so on leadership. Search for that yeah. anywhere and they'll be able to, that's to right. Well, that. yeah, find it on, uh, primarily it's going to be on, uh, Apple, okay. uh, podcasts and on, uh, Spotify. So. Perfect. Well, Tim, we really appreciate you being on today and talking through this framework and talking, you know, what it is that it's all about alignment. That's what I'm getting out of this conversation is if you can get things from the beginning set up correctly and properly, the rest of the journey is going to be so much easier. That's ultimately what I'm getting out of this conversation right here. So in this, this tool will really help people do that. So, so, so thank you very much for being on today and we are anxious to be listening to your podcast. Well, Chris, it was an absolute pr pleasure. I really love what you're doing here and uh, I hope we can do it again. Thanks, Tim. Thank you so much. Well, that was another great conversation on great practices, and we really appreciate Tim being on with us today and sharing his uh, insights and experience with us as it relates to really building effective teams, optimizing processes, and uh, just really being able to deliver project value to our organizations. So what were some of these great practices? What were some of these points that Tim brought out? Well, there was many of them, and uh, I'm just going to start out right with his definition of a PMO. I love this, that uh, it turns intent into action. The PMO sits between ideas and action. So that's an important role to play, and it's a lot of responsibility, certainly. But if we apply a lot of these principles that Tim talked about on today's show, uh, it's certainly something that we can fulfill. Loved the six-point framework for team effectiveness. And again, if you haven't downloaded this yet, uh, you can go to twe.team forward slash six point, S-I-X-P-O-I-N-T. And you can download this. It is a one pager, which anything that's one page, you got to love. And what it does is it just really walks through just an overview of exactly what this project is going to accomplish and making sure that everybody's on the same page. So it asks questions or it has you fill out uh, sections such as this project is in support of and we are going to do this. Who is it going to impact? It's going to be complete by this point in time. But then I like it because it breaks down uh, just into just plain old English. When finished, customers will be able to say 
and then you line up exactly what they're going to be able to say. And he said something along the lines of that they, they can speak it with truth. <laughs> so it's something like, oh, yeah, we actually believe that this is going to happen uh, and it's something that we're going to be able to benefit from. Then he moves through that process of the what is, you know, what's the current state to the will be state. What's the future state of this? Uh, what are the actions that are going to be taken together? And then challenge yourself. Say, do these actions make sense? Why do they make sense? And really think through that process as you're putting this one pager together. Of course, we've got milestones, but these are the big milestones. These are the large ones that you're going to put in there, the cross-functional team milestones, the one that you're going to put up on the wall, and you're going to get agreement and alignment from everybody on to make sure that, oh, yeah, we can actually accomplish this thing that we're setting out to do together, or, oh, guess what? We've got a, a conflict, or we've got a gap, or there's something that is just not aligning, again, that word alignment. Uh, that we really need to make sure that we can get in sync on. And then what about the main risks, fears, and mitigations? Uh, I love that. It's like that is the fear. <laughs> That's what really risk is. It's that thing that keeps you up at night. Uh, we are actually afraid of this. And that's another thing that's on this uh, six-point framework is the, the terminology, we're afraid of this event or this thing happening and what we're going to do in order to prevent that. And then finally, in plain old English again, why we will succeed when we're through. You know, ultimately saying why this team is the right team for it, what's the end state of this going to be, and why this is going to be successful. All on one page. That's the beauty of this. You know, it's not a, a whole, you know, thick bound book and or 50 page PowerPoint but it's all on one page and something that everybody can reflect on and continue to go back to for alignment. So you can follow Tim on LinkedIn. Uh, you can listen to his podcast, Sweet on Leadership. Look for that. He's also got a newsletter with the same name. And be sure to visit the Teamwork Excellence website, which is found at teamworkexcellence.com. So again, we appreciate Tim being on today and uh, sharing some of these great practices with us. Do you have a great practice you'd like to share? Go to thepmoleader.com, click on Explore, Great Practices Podcast, and fill out the form at the bottom of the screen. Someone will get in touch with you shortly. Also, be sure not to miss an episode by subscribing to Great Practices on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you hear, we've had some absolutely great guests on. Uh, be sure to share this with your manager, colleagues, and any others that you think would be able to benefit. So thanks again for listening to this episode and keep putting great practices into practice. <laughs>